Hello, welcome back to The Wire Podcast. I am your host, Ryan McCrary, and today I am extremely excited to talk about this year's Super Bowl, which was played on Sunday. It was a fantastic game. We have a lot to talk about. I'm going to talk about the game itself. I'm also going to talk about the halftime show performed by Rihanna, and I'm going to talk about the commercials, because that's always fun to talk about. Um, And I'm not only going to talk about the game, I also want to talk about, you know, Patrick Mahomes' legacy, how this game and how this victory uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs impacts his legacy. I'll talk about that as well. And then I want to talk about Jalen Hurts too, because I think this, I think we saw a lot of good things from him in this game. Um, And I want to talk about the season that he had, because I think, I think what he did last night and what he has done all season deserves to be talked about. Um, So let's not waste any time and dive right in and talk about the first half. Now, the first half was Honestly, not very exciting. I think this game was great. Um, I really enjoyed this game, and I thought the ending was awesome. Um, And the second half was fantastic. But for the majority of the first half, the Eagles were dominant. And they, they had a fantastic game plan, and they were executing it to perfection. Um, And I think what the Eagles wanted to do going into this game is they wanted to dominate time of possession, and they wanted to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field because they had to know that they had the better roster going into this game. I mean, that was clear and obvious. I mean, if you listen to any podcast or any, any, you know, sports media show talking about this game, every single person... Um, who commented on this game heading into it, you know, said that the Eagles had a, had the better roster all around and had an advantage at basically every single position. Um, and I think the Eagles knew that. And so I think they thought going into this game, the best chance they had to win this game was to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. And the way to do that is you run the ball so you can run run a lot of clock off, run a lot of time off the clock. Um, and you perform well on third and fourth downs. And that's exactly what the Eagles did in the first half. They faced a lot of third downs, but they also did a great job of converting on third downs. And the Chiefs really, really struggled to get off the field on these later downs. And the Eagles took advantage of that. Um, and they were able to really control the first half. I mean, um, they were up by 10 going into halftime. They were up 24 to 14 at the break. Um, but the the Chiefs had the ball for like eight minutes in the first two quarters. Um, and they, were only, they only had one offensive touchdown. The other touchdown came on a scoop and score on a really weird play where, Pat, where Jalen Hurts just like inexcusably dropped the ball. Um, and fumbled it, and then the the Chiefs got a little bit lucky with the bounce. It was a favorable bounce for them. They were able to recover it cleanly and go in for the score. Um, and on that play, it, ma- it made it a 14-14 game. Um, but other than, other than that, like, the Eagles dominated the first half. And I, I, and I thought, um, going into halftime, I was like, wow, um, the Chiefs might be in trouble. Um, so in the first quarter, the Eagles scored first, they got the ball first, had a long, um, had a, um, a nice solid drive to go up 7-0, then the Chiefs responded, uh, to tie the score 7-7, and that's what the score was 
going into the second quarter. Uh, then to start off the second quarter, the Eagles scored uh, pretty quickly, uh, scored with around eight seconds, um, eight seconds into the quarter to go up 14 to seven. Um, and then after that, they got the ball back, ended up fumbling, like I mentioned a second ago, uh, where Nick Bolton uh, was able to to pick up the fumble and take it in for a touchdown to make the score 14 to 14. Um, and then the Eagles were able to score two more touchdowns um, in the final two uh, two and a half minutes in the first half to go up 24 to 14 at the break. Um, I loved the Eagles game plan. Um, I, I loved uh, how, how dominant their run game was in the first half. And their offensive line played extremely well. Um, and if, if they ever had like a third and short or, or a fourth and short, they were going for it. Um, and they were super aggressive. Um, and <clears throat> one thing that I think everyone noticed in this game was how unstoppable their QB sneaks were. I mean, if they got into a third and short or a fourth and short, they were like immediately going into a QB sneak. And the Chiefs could not stop it whatsoever. Um, and it was like impossible for them to stop all night long. That was one thing that, that the Chiefs struggled with a lot in this game. I also got to give a huge shout out to Nick Sirianni for his aggressiveness in this game. There was um, he he was super aggressive on fourth down, um, and I think that gave them a ton of advantages in the first half, um, and that was a significant advantage for them being so aggressive and being so effective on these fourth downs. That gave them an edge, so I got to give a huge shout out to Sirianni for that. I do want to talk about that one play. So they, they had one drive where they got to a third down, and it was third and seven. And they ran up the middle. And they were in Chiefs territory at this point. They ran up the middle on 3rd and 7. Picked up 2 yards to make it a 4th and 5. I don't remember what the score was at this point. But on 4th and 5, the Eagles elected to go for it. And, and because they elected to go for it on 4th and 5, I think that they knew um, going into that 3rd down play that they were going to go for it on 4th down. So, that alone makes it weird that they decided to run up the middle on 3rd and 7. And then on 3rd, on 4th and 5, they decided to run a quarterback sneak. Or, sorry, a quarterback draw. They ended up getting um, the first down. And I believe they were able to score on that drive. Um, I may be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure they were able to score on that drive. But that play calling was insane. Um, I like the aggressiveness. I'm, I'm always, you know... Uh, in favor of being aggressive and, and aggressive play calling by coaches on fourth down. That was really, really aggressive. And honestly, I don't really like the play calling there. I thought I thought the play calling was a little bit wild for that situation. You don't see a lot of coaches running up the middle on third and seven and then decide to run a quarterback draw on fourth and five. Um, and that's crazy. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to talk about that a little bit because um, that was I I was dumbfounded by that decision to run a quarterback draw on fourth and five. Thought that was crazy. Uh, but overall, I liked the Eagles' game plan in the first half. Um, I thought their defense played extremely well. Um, they were super super effective on third and fourth downs. Nick Sirianni was super aggressive. Their run game was awesome. Their offensive line. Uh, was playing very well, and really, they played pretty perfectly for the entire first half, other than the fumble by Jalen Hurts, which led to a scoop and score. Other than that, 
it was basically a flawless first half for them. Um, and at halftime, I was I was really concerned for the Chiefs because their defense really, really struggled. Their defense did not look very good at all in the first two quarters. They couldn't stop the Eagles. Um, and, you know, if their offense wasn't going to be perfect in the second half, um, I didn't think they were going to be able to win this ball game. It was looking pretty grim for them at halftime. Um, Alright, now let's talk about the halftime show performed by Rihanna. Uh, a lot of people um, seem to like it according to the reactions I saw on Twitter, and I liked it too. I thought it's pretty good. I like Rihanna. I like her music. Um, and, you know, after her performance, I, I just started thinking, I was like, wow, like, the amount of hits that she has is kind of crazy. Um, and she played a lot of great songs at halftime, like Diamonds, All of the Lights, Run This Town. Um, and, and I thought her performance was, was pretty good. Her vocals were great. Um, she, I know she was probably lip syncing. Um, but still thought it was pretty good. The dancing was a bit odd, and I know she was pregnant, so I'm not saying her dancing was bad. Uh, I know uh, because she was pregnant, I know that we can't expect her to do too much dancing. Um, but I thought some of the choreography was a little bit like kind of kind of cringy. Not gonna lie. Um, but overall, I thought the performance was solid. I uh, thought it was better than last year's uh, halftime show with Eminem. Uh, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, and Kendrick Lamar. I thought it was better than last year's, um, but a, a super solid halftime show. There was one point when they started playing all of the lights where I thought that Kanye West might make an appearance, and if that happened, I think the stadium might have collapsed. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, I was really thinking, like, is Rihanna really going to bring out Kanye West to perform at halftime with everything that he's done in the last couple of months with um, his anti-Semitic comments and stuff like that. Like, is he is she really going to do this? Thankfully, uh, she didn't. Uh, that would have been wild. I really, I do, I do wish that she brought out Jay Z for the performance. That would have been really cool to see them to perform uh, "Run This Town" because that's such a good song. Um, and I think Jay Z's verse really, really makes that song work. Uh, so I wish. I wish Jay-Z would have been a part of it, but overall, thought it was a solid halftime show. Thought it was pretty good, and and according to people's reactions on Twitter, a lot of people seem to enjoy it as well, so uh, shout out to Rihanna. Pretty good halftime show, um, which is pretty rare nowadays, I feel like. I feel like we don't really see that many good halftime shows during the Super Bowl, so it's nice to see Rihanna uh, do a good job this year, um, and I'm glad that she did great. All right. Let's move on to the second half, and this is where things completely change. Um, the second half of this Super Bowl was like the complete opposite of the first half. In the first half, the Eagles had full control. They were dominant on defense. Their run game was unstoppable. They were super effective on third and fourth downs, um, and they basically were flawless in the first half. That was not the case in the second half. Um, in the second half, the Chiefs completely flipped the script, um, and they were dominant in the second half. They took uh, took control. They were way more effective offensively. Um, they were able to put together a lot of effective drives. And now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure the Chiefs scored on every single one of their second half possessions. And I mentioned a second ago, a second ago that I thought at halftime that if they didn't play perfectly on offense in the second half, I didn't think they had a chance to win. 
And guess what happened? They basically were perfect offensively in the second half. And that's a big reason why they were able to come away with a W. Um, but yeah, so in the third quarter, the Chiefs got the, the ball first. They ended up scoring early uh, to make it a 24-21 game. And then near the end of the third quarter, the Eagles kicked the field goal to go up 27-21. to and then at um near the start of the fourth quarter, the uh, the Chiefs scored a touchdown to go up twenty eight to twenty seven. Um, this was a touchdown from Canarius Tony. Um, and then the the Chiefs a few minutes later were able to score again to make it a thirty five to twenty seven game. Um, and they kicked an extra point to go up eight. And after the game, I saw someone mention on Twitter that the Chiefs probably should have gone for two right here. They ended up kicking kicking an extra point to go up eight. Uh, but, and I started to think about this. I was like, really? Like, should they actually have gone up for two? And I started to think about it. And I think that would have made, would have made a lot of sense for them to go up, to go for two here. Because if they go for two and get it, they're up nine points with around nine and a half minutes left in this game. They're up two possessions. Um, and I think that, like, really, like, dramatically increases their chances of winning this game. Um, and let's say they go for two and they don't get it. They're still up seven points. And because they they kicked an extra point, they were up eight, and the Eagles ended up scoring after this, and they went for two. But I believe that if the Chiefs were only up by seven, the Eagles do not go for two on their following touchdown. I think on their on um, on the following touchdown, I think the Eagles would have just kicked the extra point if they were if they were down by seven. So I think there was really limited downsizing. That, I'm sorry, I can't speak. I think there was really limited downside to going for two there, and I think the upside was so great. Um, and I think this is an edge that coaches. Um, can have if they're more aggressive in these situations and I think in the coming years coaches will be more aggressive in these situations um, where they can go like when they're up by seven uh, can, and can go uh, for two to go up nine I think in the following years that coaches will start going for two more um, and I think coaches should explore that and should explore whether or not that gives them an advantage and in my opinion it does um, so that was just a cool, a cool um, thing I, or a cool detail I saw on Twitter or a cool suggestion that I thought was actually really, really smart. And I, I'm super like I, whenever coaches like have a fourth down, I'm always like go for it. Or like whenever coaches are thinking about going for two, I'm always like yeah, go for two. And I didn't even think about that in this situation. Um, so shout out to whoever was talking about that on Twitter. Really smart um, and, and really, really nice. Um, pick up there. So after that, <clears throat> the Eagles had the ball with around with around nine and a half minutes left in this game, um, and they drove down the field, had a long drive, and they scored with around five minutes remaining in this game. Went for two and got it to tie the game thirty five to thirty five, and this gave the Chiefs um five minutes left to go down to go down the field and score. And the Chiefs drove down the field, had a long drive. Uh, they got into the Eagles' territory, and they had a play. I, I can't remember if it was third down or not. It may have been second down. I can't really remember. Um, but the the Chiefs threw the ball. They targeted Juju Smith-Schuster, who was um, covered by, or being defended uh, by, um, oh, what's his name? I'm forgetting his name. Let me pull it up. 
Um, who's the corner? I can't, I can't believe I'm forgetting his name. James Bradbury. He was being covered by James Bradbury. And <clears throat> James Bradbury was, was physical, grabbed the jersey a little bit, and they threw a flag called holding. And at the time, I didn't like the call. And honestly, I still don't love it. Um, I, I think that, um, and, and, and it's such a big deal because it gave the Chiefs a first down, allowed them to run the clock down, and kick an extra point with um, just 11 seconds remaining in this game um, to go up 38 to 35, and that essentially sealed the the ball game. I don't like this call because I didn't think that uh, the tugging of the jersey disrupted Juju uh, Smith-Schuster's route enough. For it to be called, I'm always I, I always favor aggressive uh, play when it comes to uh, wide receiver quarterback matchups, um, and for a call to be made like that in any situation, I think I think the disruption of the route needed to be more blatant than it was, and so that's why I didn't love the call. I get it. I get why the call was made. I don't think it was a bad call. Um, I think I did call it an objectively bad call on Twitter. That was just me reacting in the moment. It really wasn't a bad call. I just would have preferred the refs to hold on to the flag and um, and let the game play out. Just because that's how I want cor- like receiver quarterback play to be. Like That's how I want receiver quarterback matchups to, to play out. I want it to be more physical, and I want physicality to be allowed there. Um, but I, I do see why officials made the call. Um, and then James Bradbury himself said after the game that, that he did hold Juju and that uh, it was the right call. So, you know, I think it's fine. Um, and I don't think the Eagles got screwed. The, the Eagles did not get screwed. Um, I think the Eagles should be more mad at, at some other things, like the, like the team allowing uh, 6.1 yards per carry for the whole game. And I think they should be mad that their defense gave up 17 points in the fourth quarter alone. Those are bigger reasons um, for the Eagles losing. Not to mention, like, the uh, uh, Jalen Hurts' fumble, which led to a scoop and score. Those uh, three issues were way bigger than this call. Um, so I don't think the Eagles got screwed. I didn't love the call. I still don't love the call now. Uh, but I get it, and I, I don't think it was a bad call. It's just a personal preference for me. Um, and then the Eagles did get one more, one last possession, and it was really weird. So the Chiefs, uh, they had a squib kick on a kickoff. The Eagles were able to return it a few yards. Um, and when they went down, two seconds ran off the clock, uh, giving them four seconds remaining in the game. But then they lined up to take the snap, and two seconds were added. Um, but I don't know if the Eagles knew that. So they went for a Hail Mary right then and there. When honestly they should have gone for like a quick out route to gain some yards, get out of bounds, and then and then set up a, a nice hail mary. But instead they had this they had to settle for a hail mary on like the thirty five yard line, maybe the forty yard line. I can't really remember sp- uh, specifically where they were. Um, and then Jalen Hurts was only able to throw it about thirty five yards. I don't know what I don't know what happened on that play. Don't know why the throw was so short. But yeah, and that's how the game ended. Um, so big win for the Chiefs. Um, this was an awesome game. I thought the second half was fantastic. Um, Andy Reid. I I, I want to start out with Andy Reid. I, I want to give a huge shout out to him. He was cooking in the second half. 
His play design uh, in the red zone was fantastic. There was about two or three plays in the red zone in this game where he got his receivers wide open. Like, wide, wide open with no one even near them. Um, and that was able to, to generate some very easy touchdowns for the Chiefs in the red zone. Um, so, shout out to Andy Reid. His play calling was great. Um, and, you know, honestly, his play calling was great all night because they only punted a few times. I'm not sure the, the specific number. They did have a fourth and three in the first half where they ended up kicking a field goal uh, that they missed. And I thought um, the Chiefs might should have been more aggressive there and should have thought about going for it. Uh, but other than that, I thought I thought Andy Reid's decision-making was really good in this game. thought the play design was awesome, especially in the red zone. So shout out to him. Um, now I got to talk about Patrick Mahomes. Man, like... <laughs> Every time I watch Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, I'm just like blown away by how good he was. I know his numbers weren't that impressive because he only had 182 passing yards, 40 passing touchdowns, zero interceptions, 6.7 yards per, per attempt. The numbers weren't like out of this world good. Part of that is because the Eagles were, were dominating time of possession in the first half. Um, but Patrick Mahomes had basically a flawless performance. Sorry, I had to get a uh, quick drink. I think that Patrick Mahomes really had, like, a perfect performance in this game. There was only one play um, in this that I can remember um, that I thought was a bad decision. And that was a play, I can't remember if it was, if it was in the first half um, or the second half, but there was a play where the, the Chiefs had a third down. Um... And they ran a little trick play where they try to run a little, like, throw a little shovel pass to, to a receiver running, like, a short little curl. Um, and the receiver fell down, and Mahomes made a bad decision, uh, like, shoveled the ball in, and, and it hit a defender in the chest. It was almost an interception. Um, but other than that, Patrick Mahomes didn't really make any other bad decisions, honestly. Like, he didn't take that many sacks. I don't know if he took any sacks. Let me look. Yeah. He didn't take a single sack. Um, there was only one turnover-worthy play that I can remember seeing. Um, his accuracy was on point. Um, you know, he didn't generate a lot of big throws down the field, but that's because the Chiefs' game plan uh, didn't require that. They were, like, getting the ball quickly, hitting a lot of short passes, um, trying, to, trying to, you know, minimize the pressure that Patrick Mahomes faced in that game. Um, and and that was important because Patrick Mahomes was dealing with an ankle with a high ankle sprain. Um, but yeah, like uh, Mahomes was awesome in this game. Played basically a perfect game, other than the, other than that one bad uh, decision that he made on that play I mentioned earlier. He was awesome. Um, he had that big run late in the game to put the to put the Chiefs deep into the Eagles' territory. That was awesome, um, and that was really impressive considering his injury. Um, and I, I just I, I'm so amazed by how well he continues to play in the playoffs, um, and how well he played in this postseason with his ankle injury. Um, it didn't really affect him in this game. He was still awesome. Made a lot of big throws. So shout out to Mahomes. He was awesome. Um, he ended up winning the Super Bowl MVP, uh, giving him his second uh, Super Bowl ring um, and his second Super Bowl MVP. Um, so shout out to him. Um, 
Before I get into his legacy, I do want to talk about some other players that played well in this game. Gotta give a huge shout out to the Chiefs offensive line and Isaiah Pacheco. Um, or Pacheco. Is it Pacheco or Pacheco? I think it's Pacheco. Um, but the Chiefs offensive line was awesome in this game. The Eagles have a dominant front seven that does a great job of generating pressure. And, and the Chiefs offensive line just shut them down. Um, I thought the Eagles or the Chiefs offensive line was awesome in pass protection awesome in the run game, and Isaiah Pacheco was great as a runner in this game. He was super productive, um, and he was great, but I think a huge reason why their run game was so good is because of the Chiefs' offensive line uh, opening up gaps. They were so dominant in the run game, um, and I thought that was super impressive and was a big part in the Chiefs' uh, success offensively in the second half. So shout out to the offensive line, and shout out to Isaiah Pacheco. I also got to give a huge shout out to um, Nick Bolton, the linebacker. He was awesome all night long. I think he led the Chiefs in tackles. Let me look real quick. Um, yeah, he led the Chiefs in tackles. He had that scoop and score on the Jalen Hurts fumble. Um, he was so good as a run defender in this game. So huge shout out to him. I honestly thought he had a, a he had a solid argument to be the Super Bowl MVP. Um, I thought he was awesome in this game. So. Gotta give a huge shout-out to him. He was great. And then a huge shout-out to, to Kadarius Tony. He had so many impactful plays. He had a huge uh, punt return late in the second half. He, he caught a touchdown. Um, and those two plays were huge um, in, in the Chiefs' second-half uh, second comeback. Um, did anybody else really have any big-time plays? I, not that I know of. I mean, Travis Kelsey was great in this game as well. Uh, he played really well. Uh, he was open all the time. Um, so shout out to him. Now, yeah, let me talk about Jalen Hurts. I got to talk about Jalen Hurts because, man, he played so well in this game. Um, I was really, really impressed by him. I was worried about him going into this game because, to be completely honest, he had not been asked to do a whole lot in the playoffs up to this point. And so I wondered, you know, how well was he going to perform on the biggest stage in the Super Bowl um, in a game where he was probably going to be asked to do a lot playing in a high-level offense like the Chiefs. And I thought he, you know, responded so well to the challenge. He made so many high-level throws. Um, his running was great in this game. He was so effective on quarterback sneaks. Um, he didn't, he wasn't perfect. And I don't think he was better than Mahomes. Uh, because there were some plays where the decision-making wasn't great. Um, he had that one long bomb to A.J. Brown, which I don't think was a good decision. Um, and then he had a few iffy decisions. He had, you know, he had that fumble, which uh, led to a scoop and score. Um, and he had a few other turnover-worthy plays. Um, so I don't think he was perfect. But he still made out a lot of high-level throws, a lot of elite throws into tight windows. Um, I thought he was really, really impressive in this game. Thought he thought he played so, so well. And, you know, what a season he's had. He played at an MVP level in the regular season. Um, he was, he, he's been performing really well as a passer. And the growth that he has shown as a passer over the last two years has been incredible. And he deserves a ton of praise for that. So shout out to Jalen Hurts. He had an incredible season. Um, helped make the Eagles one of the most dominant rushing attacks in the NFL. Um, showed tremendous growth as a passer. Uh, was a, a strong MVP candidate this year. 
And I'm not saying that just because he was a finalist. Like, no. He legitimately played at an MVP level this year. Uh, so shout out to him. Um, he played well this season and, and had an incredible performance in the Super Bowl. Alright, now let's talk about Patrick Mahomes' legacy. Because now he has two Super Bowls, um, two Super Bowl MVPs, and two MVPs. And the only players since the merger in 1970 to win to to make two All-Pro first teams, and, or sorry, to make two All-Pro teams and win two Super Bowls within their first six seasons is Patrick Mahomes. He's the only quarterback to ever do that. And so I think it is pretty clear that Patrick Mahomes is on pace to be the GOAT. I think that is clear as day. Um, he has, he's accomplished everything uh, you could ask of him or in this early in his career. Um, he has the MVPs. He has multiple MVPs, multiple Super Bowl rings, um, multiple All-Pro team selections. Um, and the production is off the charts. Um, just watching him play. Like, he, he's great. Like, the eye test is awesome. The film, like, flawless. The, the film is so, so good. Um, so I think it's pretty clear that he is on pace to be the GOAT one day. I, I don't think he's the GOAT yet. Like, obviously, it's pretty early for that conversation, in my opinion. But I think that Mahomes is clearly a top 10 quarterback all time. And I think there's a case to be made that he is a top 5 quarterback all time. Now, I've seen some people say that Patrick Mahomes is a top-five quarterback all-time. Um, I'm not quite sure I agree with that. I'm not saying I disagree. I don't really have a strong stance um, in this conversation. But I think he has a, a conversation. I think he has an argument. I think he has a case. Uh, because um, I get that he doesn't have all the rings. Like, I, I get that. Uh, but I don't really care about about that too much um, in regards to football because um, winning championships in football is so team dependent. Um, you have to get lucky uh, with your team situation, uh, with your coach, the coaches that you're coached by, the teammates you're playing with, um, and in the playoffs, you have to get lucky. Um, like to get seven championships like Tom Brady did, or or like Tom Brady has, I guess yeah, like Tom Brady did because he just retired. To get seven Super Bowls like Tom Brady did. You do have to get lucky. Um, and I'm not saying that Tom Brady's... Like, I'm not... That's not a big statement on Tom Brady's career. I'm not trying to downplay what he accomplished. I'm just... You know, it's a fact. You do have to get a bit lucky to win that much. Um, it's really, really hard to win in the NFL. Um, so, I don't really I don't really care about... You know, I don't do ring counting when it comes to, like, comparing uh, legacies and comparing all-time great players. Um, but I do care about a player's ability, or for quarterbacks specifically, I do care about quarterbacks' ability to to lead their teams to championships um, or to lead their teams in deep playoff runs and to perform in the playoffs. And Mahomes has shown the ability to do that. Um, he's been awesome in the playoffs. Um, he, has, he has led his teams uh, to, to Super Bowls multiple times. Um, so I think that's not an issue for him. Um, and then, uh, like I mentioned earlier, the production is off the charts in the regular season. He is an elite regular season player. Um, he's good. He's awesome in the playoffs as well. Um, he has the accolades in terms of MVPs and all and, and uh, all pro team selections. The only thing that Mahomes needs now is longevity. He just has to replicate this kind of performance 
um, for like over 10 years. And once he does that, like, I think he will clearly be in the GOAT conversation. Um, but right now, like, I mean, what's, why can't he be a top five quarterback? That's what I want to know. I, um, I'm not sure that he, that he is a top five quarterback, but I do feel comfortable saying that he, that he definitely has a case. Um, the numbers are great. Watching him play, like, I think he is the, the most talented quarterback to ever play the game of football. I think just in terms of, um, I hate saying eye test, but just like watching him play, um, I think he's so efficient. He's such a good decision maker. Um, the, the mobility, the ability to play within structure and out of structure, the ability to play um, under pressure, um, and the arm strength, like it all, the the entire package is unlike anything we've ever seen, in my opinion. Um, and I think. I think because of that, like, I think that's an advantage that he has over other quarterbacks. Like, I know he doesn't have the longevity, uh, but the early career success along with the eye test, I think does give him a pretty strong case. Um, but yeah, I'd love, I'd love to hear what y'all have to say. If you're listening to the podcast, like, I'd love to hear what y'all have to say in regards to Patrick Mahomes' legacy. Hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at the Ryan McCrary. That's the R-Y-A-N. M-C-C-R-A-R-Y. Let me know what y'all think. I'd love to hear what y'all have to say. Um, but yeah, um, that's all I have to say in regards to this game. Um, I do want to talk about the, the commercials. I honestly didn't think the commercials were very good. Um, there were only a few that I can remember that were pretty good. And that was like, I, I like the Breaking Bad commercial. That was pretty good. Um, I forgot what, what, it was a chip commercial. I forgot what company, but that was pretty good. I like the Bud Light commercial with, um, um, oh gosh, Miles Teller. With Miles Teller and his girlfriend, um, maybe his wife. I'm pretty sure that's just his girlfriend. Maybe it's his fiance. Uh, but that, that was, that was good. What else? I liked the, the commercial, um, about, uh, women's football or women's flag football. That one was pretty good. I enjoyed that one. The one commercial uh, from Tubi, which made everyone think that someone had touched the remote, that one was awesome. And I, I remember actually getting upset watching the game. Um, I was like, all right, who touched the remote? And I saw a lot of people talking about that commercial on Twitter. That one was good. That was pretty funny. That was smart and clever. Um, other than that, though, there were a lot of commercials that I enjoyed. Um, what I, I did see one uh, movie trailer that I'm intrigued or interested in. And that was Air, which is the movie about Nike and Michael Jordan and how Nike was able to sign Michael Jordan. That movie looks super interesting, and I can't wait to see that. Um, that looks really, really good. It's got Ben Affleck, uh, Viola Davis, Matt Damon, Jason Bateman. Um, so I'm really, really excited about that movie. Can't wait to see it. But yeah, didn't love all the commercials. There were, there were some that I thought were, were fun. Um, were funny and cool, but not a lot. I thought I thought the Super Bowl commercial game was a little bit weak this year. But yeah, that's all I have to say today. Uh, that's all I got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed it. I hope y'all enjoyed the Super Bowl. Um, I had a lot of fun watching it, and I hope y'all did as well. Um, but yeah, if you want to see more content from me, you can check out my website at thewiresports.com. You can check out my YouTube channel at the Wire. Um, we also have a TikTok page. 
Um, and then you can follow me on social media. I, you know, I told you my, uh, my Instagram and Twitter handles earlier. Y'all can check that out. Um, I'm always talking about sports on Twitter. So yeah, uh, but I hope y'all enjoyed this episode and I will see y'all next time. Peace.